0: This is Masonic Muscle, where we explore the mysterious origins, history, traditions, and symbols of Freemasonry, while at the same time, encouraging you, brethren, to increase your level of fitness one degree at a time, strengthening your body, mind, and soul, and getting an awesome mental and muscular pump. We give you more light, but no lightweights. Thank you so much for listening to Masonic Muscle. Make sure to give us a rating wherever you listen to the podcast. You can listen on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, iTunes, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. You can follow me on Instagram at Masonic Muscle, And if you want to write to me, write to me at muscle 357 at gmail.com. And uh, tell me how I'm doing. Tell me how I'm not doing. Tell me. What you think, what you don't think, give me a holler. And uh, for those of you who have written to me, you know who you are. A shout out to you guys. And thank you for your, you know, being interactive with me. Today is going to be a quick one. I know I've said that in the past, right? It ends up being 15, 20 minutes. Well, maybe that is quick. Quicker than some state of meetings. I know that. Uh, Today, I want to continue to point out the parallels between the rule of St. Benedict and the philosophy of Masonry. And as a matter of fact, that's the name of this article. Real short and sweet though. It is called Parallels Between the Rule of St. Benedict and the Philosophy of Masonry. And it was written by Millard Lane Fretland. He says, while engaged in research regarding medieval religious orders, I first encountered the contents of the rule of St. Benedict. This rule has governed the Benedictine monastic order of the Roman Catholic Church for more than 1,400 years. 1,400 years! After reading the Benedictine rule, I was immediately struck by the presence of direct parallels between the provisions of the rule and several important aspects of Freemasonry. St. Benedict is significant in history for many reasons, not the least of which was that he broke with the ancient idea that manual labor was contemptible. Benedict strove to give the society of his day a lofty concept of labor. Number one, this tenet is exemplified by the entire Masonic fraternity, which allegorically sets its members to that most noble of manual labors, the fitting of their minds as living stones. For that house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Order has long been an important concept to Freemasons. Similarly, order is a central concept of Benedictine spirituality. As Masons are told to divide their time into three equal parts for work, service, and refreshment, so too is the Benedictine day divided into three distinct portions devoted to work, prayer, and recreation. Two, by the way the Benedictine, Benedictines divide their day, it can be seen that prayer is central to the monastic life. Prayer is, of course, found throughout Masonic practice as well. Before beginning any good work, the Benedictine monk is required by his rule to pray. Three, we as Masons are equally instructed to enter upon any great or important undertaking without first invoking the blessings of God, instructed not to enter. I'm sorry. Perhaps the central symbolism of the three blue lodge Masonic degrees concerns the lessons of the working tools found in each. These are the figurative tools we as Masons are told to use to improve ourselves. Interestingly, chapter four of the rule of St. Benedict is titled the tools for good works. These Benedictine tools are a collection of admonitions for daily life, such as guard your lips from harmful or deceptive speech. The chapter ends with the statement, these then are the tools of the spiritual craft. When we have used them without ceasing day and night and have returned them on judgment day, our wages will be rewarded. The Lord has promised. This allegory is obviously inherent in speculative masonry. How it came to be so is curious in light of the fact that the rule of St. Benedict was written prior to 547 AD. The new candidate for the Benedictine order is put off until he had persisted several times in asking for admittance. The rule refers to such a person as having been kept knocking at the door. Each new Masonic initiate is also said to have knocked at the door of the lodge. During the initiation ceremony, the Benedictine candidate was divested of all his worldly goods and clothing and dressed in the clothes of the order acts common to reception into many monastic sects. All Masons have similarly experienced the same destitution of worldly possessions at the same time of their initiation. And have also been symbolically dressed in the clothes of the order when invested with the white apron. After initiation. A new Benedictine brother is made to understand that from that day on, he was not free to shake from his neck the yoke of the rule, which in the course of so prolonged a period of reflection, he was free to either reject or accept. Both literal and figurative yokes of this sort are said to bind the Masonic initiate as well. Bernard Jones and other Masonic historians have postulated that the ceremonies and philosophy of the early operative lodges of stone masons were possibly influenced by members of monastic brotherhoods or other ecclesiastics who acted as craft scribes portions of the ecclesiastical influence would could well have been carried from the operative lodges to the speculative craft. Also, the Benedictine elements of masonry could be proof that men who influenced formation of the speculative craft had in mind a non-sectarian but quasi-monastic brotherhood with members bound solemnly to each other and dedicated to principles of godliness, service to others, self-improvement, and renunciation of worldly preoccupations. Although there is no documented evidence of such a purpose on the part of the early speculative Masons, the theory merits further research based upon the many direct correlations between the central tenets of the Benedictine rule and the philosophy and ceremonies of speculative masonry so as I've been saying since almost the very first episode of Masonic Muscle that there is a correlation between Freemasonry the Benedictine monks, the Cistercians, the Knights Templars, um, and then as we continue to speculate and we continue to, you know, to uh, explore other theories of the origins of Freemasonry, other um, points of view, other men's and members and non-members research into where this all came from you're going to run into stuff like this you're gonna you're gonna be hit with different ideas because freemasonry has this mysterious background this mysterious origin which has opened up the door to speculate on the negative side all these negative things that they've been saying about the fraternity for the longest time. And so um, as you continue to do your own research, you know, if you've been inspired to go out there and buy some books, dig up some articles and begin to do your research, I would recommend what I recommend to anybody who asks me and that is to do it in a mature manner and a responsible manner so that we don't go Too far to the left or too far to the right, but even though this this has been left wide open, because when when an organization like ours makes a statement that Freemasonry can pretty much be whatever you want it to be, you know that opens up the door to all kinds of uh, just craziness, and also you know on to the other end, you know to to the other side, conservativeness, and in the years that I've been researching this you know it's hard to find a a good balance between the two you got i mean you keep an open mind at the same time you understand and recognize these parallels these similarities and you have to you're left to wonder like okay what's going on what's happening here all right um i want to share with you an article now on the on the exercise front, right? I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging all brothers get out there, exercise, right? um, increase your level of fitness. This this pandemic didn't have to be the reason why you began to put, you know, get some motion into your body and begin to take care of yourself. Be a little bit more selfish with yourself and and uh, begin to exercise. Begin to eat better. It didn't have to be that didn't have to be the reason people have been starting on just days that don't have any significance other than I'm tired of being tired and I want to feel better. And I want to stop having pain all over my body. So guess what? I'm going to get out there and start moving around. I'm going to get out there and go to the grocery store and buy healthier food so that my body can heal because the body wants to heal. So get out there, get out there and do it. Now, here is a message from Mr. Bill Hinburn, and this is from his uh, daily, you know, weekly newsletter, and it's from Super Strength Training. You guys can go on his website. He's got all kinds of awesome material, and you can subscribe to his newsletter, and you can read for yourself what he's saying. And he says, he has this, here's a question I just received from a reader. That enters everyone's mind at one time or another. Who said "trained to failure? Good question. But a better question would be, what is your definition of failure? By now, everyone should know that progression is the key to improvement in any activity, whether it is mental or physical. Okay? And masonry is a progressive science. And it parallels, it mirrors what we're supposed to be doing. And he said it right there having to do with physical exercise let's get back to the article once the goal or target is set plans must be made and then accompanied by action stop talking take action and do it get up get up in there and do it yeah the action must be paced to avoid fatigue be it either physical or mental this is where recuperation comes in when is recuperation necessary It depends on the individual and the circumstances. Over 100 years ago, repetitions were used as one of the building blocks of barbell exercises. The pioneers of the time, such as Alan Calvert stated, for example, that you should simply adjust the amount of weight in the upper body exercises so that you can comfortably perform eight repetitions before resting. I'll go out on a limb here and say that Calvert meant any attempt at a ninth repetition, resulted in failure. Do you agree? So I think it is safe to say that Calvert was one of the first to say train to failure. Remember, however, we are discussing training, not straining here. To the best of my knowledge, straining was not recommended anywhere in in any of the early classic publications on building functional strength and a shapely physique. In more recent times, I would listen to the recommendations of John Grimmick. He would explain that when the York gang trained, they did it because they enjoyed it. They all trained until they were comfortably tired or until the muscles were engorged with blood. Understand the difference now? During the course of their routine exercise schedules, no one pulled the biceps tendon out of the insertion, as has been recorded in recent years. <laughs> you can find that on YouTube where people would do that and it doesn't look nice and you can tell that it hurts. This is not to say that injuries did not occur, but when they did, they were almost exclusively during comp- competition or single record attempts. Furthermore, Grimmick said that you should leave the gym feeling good, not exhausted. There is much more to be said of barbell training in the early days by Calvert. An excellent source of that information is from the master himself and can be found at Alan Calvert. There's a link uh, that he provided. And if you are still confused about sets and reps and the theory behind them, go to the original source here on Progressive Resistance Exercise. And by the way, brethren, what are your feelings about training to failure? I'd be interested to know. Until the next time, yours for greater strength, Bill Hinburn and there you have it words of wisdom um, Bill Hinburn has known uh, most of the people of the books that he sells on his website and uh, you can find him on YouTube he he got interviewed by Brooks Kubik the dinosaur training man yes you can find Brooks Cubic doing all kinds of these lifts you know with the the heavy sandbags of uh, the the heavy ass you know dumbbell that he lifts over his head that's like 180 pounds or some ridiculous thing like that or you know they would they would fill up the barrels the the kegs of beer they would fill them up with sand and carry those around and just build this brute strength and uh their physiques began to change right because they they are they are doing what's called functional strength training because when you're standing there and just curling a bar that doesn't represent real life real life is not going to be like that you're going to lift something you're going to it's going to be awkward you're going to have to be put in positions that you're not used to and you're going to have to learn how to use all of your body to make that lift and that's why they did the heavy sandbag training and the heavy uh you know these uh the rope training and uh you fill up the the beer kegs these barrels and you know the you, you see them with these giant tractor triers and lifting them up because that's more representative of real life. That's what's going to happen. And so you're building up real world strength. All right, guys, that's what I have for you today. I appreciate that you have been listening. I have appreciate that you have been writing in. Uh, giving us or giving me an idea of what what it is that you're thinking, uh, continue to write in, continue to listen in, subscribe to this channel, give me, you know, a rating that always helps that can that helps me to continue bringing a better and better content and keeping it tighter and tighter. And hopefully, you know, I keep it uh, a whole lot less, you know, a whole lot less fluff. I haven't been giving you fluff. I've been giving you what I believe is is meat every single time and i will continue to encourage you to get out there and get some get those reps in and it doesn't matter what age you are you can improve your level of fitness and overall health within two three months all right so this is masonic muscle peace out